Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, happy Wednesday afternoons, everybody. This is the PGA EFS First Look Show for the Sanderson Park Championship under. Host for this video, Jason Oslin at PFS Golf 23, and I am joined each and every week, and this one as well, by Jeff Ulrich, he at the Tennessee Brad on Twitter. And Jeff, man, what it, it was a fun week uh, in terms of if you hate all of the PGA Tour programs that they offer, like Shot Tracker and real scoring and actual, um, you know, things like that. It was a great week. You hate all those things. Um, if you like those things, it was an ever tilting week. And we're going to talk about your lineup first, but man, after day one with Chris Kirk in the lead, your lineup looked pretty good. And uh, then we get the scoring correction. So how did you take all of the scoring corrections and all that this week? Did you take it in stride or did you just give up? Like I did? No, I mean, I don't know what, how else you take it, right? Like it's, it, you know, it's, it's one of those weeks where they just, you know, it happens in Puerto Rico too, man. I mean, like you just don't have the shot length. You have volunteers out there the PGA obviously needs to fix this in the future. I mean, it, like it's a, you're a professional sports league. Like you're the, one of the biggest leagues in the, in, in, in the country, in the world, right? Like let's, let's get some accurate scoring. I don't care what, if this is a secondary event, if this is just like, you know, your fall series that no one's watching, like you got to get accurate scoring, man. So um, I agree. Like it needs to change, but at the same time, I've done this for too long, Jason, to be tilted by things like that. Like I, too many bad things have happened to me in PGA, PGA DFS. So I actually wasn't that tilted by it. Now I did have a big piece of Chris Kirk. And as you, you'll see by my lineup, Chris Kirk was like, I only made a few lineups this week and, and like, uh, so I cut down the number of lines, put them in more contests, but uh, Chris Kirk was like a core part of those, those few lineups. So it was tilting because if he makes the cut and he actually was in contention, it was a massive week. But, um, you know, once it changed, I just took the opinion of this is probably not going to work out. And uh, there's no point in getting, losing my, my proverbial, you know, mind over it. So it, it is what it is. But yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting Thursday for sure. I think for me, you know, quickly before we go into our topics here and talk about how it's Georgia Bulldog season all of a sudden, um, I think for me, you know, in terms of, uh, of an investor of some of these betting companies uh, and how they have a deal with PJ Tour, I'd be a bit frustrated if I was the betting operators, given the fact that they love to do this live in-person betting, whole-by-whole betting. You, you just simply can't do that in Puerto Rico and in the Dominican Republic because the information is, is legitimately just – it's not accurate um, or not accurate enough without shot trackers. So maybe a little bit frustrating on that end, but, uh, again, there's not too much of that live betting going on right now but there certainly will be so i think they got to sure that up 
even if it's paying somebody, I assume that DraftKings, whoever else they have deals with it, I know they made a couple of other deals, I'm assuming they're paying them. So use that money, pay some people to actually go down and have this be their full-time job uh, rather than trying to use sources of volunteers. But hey, that is what it is. Let's talk about Georgia Bulldog season. I, I thought it was just me that I got Harris English and Hudson Swafford mixed up. I guess it's an actual thing in the golf world. Did you know that? Yeah, no, the, like they, they both play from Sea Island. They're they're like good friends and they're like they're doppelgangers, man. Like I mean, they, they're legitimately they're both like big lanky dudes, you know, just kind of uh, you know with like they're just similar. They they look like they could be twins almost, and they have similar style games. They're kind of like both big off the tee, you know. I mean, it's it's really weird, and it, it is kind of fitting, you know, in this in this comeback season for Harris English, dude has been so close to wins top tens, like best at, best career finishes at majors. And then Hudson Swiper does nothing and just comes out and gets the win in 2020. Like it, it's, it's very, very fitting uh, in a lot of ways. So, I mean, like kudos to him for, for grabbing it and, and coming out. It's, it, you know, I want to say it's shocking in a lot of ways. It is a, a shocking win, but at the same time, this is kind of what you expect in an event like this. Some dude to just pop up and uh and take advantage of the situation with talent and the weaker fields you see it all the time in these weaker field events some of these guys just come alive i mean i mentioned it with a guy like i think it was laird i brought up but swafford it's the same kind of deal they, they go down in competition it's a little bit easier course and things just start clicking so shocking but not shocking in, in a lot of ways yeah and, and it's these one of these unquantifiable things obviously he's really good friends with Harrison, but did that really give him motivation to go out and play well well Sometimes it's all he needs, and, and I'll tell you this. He was playing under that major medical category, which we've talked about a couple of times on this show. And sometimes those players know that they've only got 10 starts or so left to, to earn their job back. And sometimes that type of motivation certainly can help. So uh, a couple of other notes that I have from last week, and, and I think that this week is a little bit different in the sense of we have some top-end players that have played super well against the best players in the world here this week. So – I think it's a little bit different than having Will Zalatoris as the legitimate odds favorite. Now, again, he finds himself coming into the weekend's minus three going into the weekend, made the cut on the number. That's when there was actually a good number printed. I ended up knocking a top 10 or the top 20 off of him at much better odds uh, than we got at the opening start. That actually made me positive because Miliano Rio was tied for first. He was my big bet of the week. Tied for first halfway through Saturday and then totally tanked. Didn't even come in the top 20, so. Um, that was terrible. But Dallas is here again. He's third or fourth on the board this week. Um, interesting. A couple of other notes. Tyler McCumber's ball striking, Jeff. I don't know if you saw. He was in top 10 in driving. This is top 10 in accuracy and top 10 in greens and regulation. Now, we don't have strokes gain stats, but one could assume he was probably number one in strokes gain ball striking last week. Yeah, that one definitely came out of nowhere, too. I mean, he's a guy who, again, in these, you know, fall series events, kind of weaker field events, uh, when he's coming off the corn fair, too. I, I kind of remember him a little bit from, you know, just having some solid events. But, um, you know, big, big off the tee as well, obviously. Had a massive week off the tee, actually. I know, I know the fairways were easy to hit, but when you're top five in driving accuracy and driving distance, like, that is dominant. That is, you were really feeling it. And uh, the greens and regulation, like you said, second there as well. So, uh, pretty interesting week. Um, might definitely be a guy, uh, you know, just to keep an eye on for the entire fall swing because we, we see players like this all the time. I mean, I know JJ Spawn had a, had a fall swing once where he basically just racked up like four top tens. Um, that guy was basically the next couple of years, honestly. I mean, 
the way it worked out for JJ Spawn with COVID season last year, he doesn't end up getting knocked off the tour, which he probably would have. But it goes to show you that these weak field events that are now full point FedEx field events this year, this is some damage to be done for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one more note on McCumber, he's a big surfer. Uh, it takes time away, it takes like months off, and then comes back. And here he is, he's son of Mark McCumber. You hear him on PJ tour live quite a bit that's who it is yeah mark mcumber okay mark mcumber's son i knew knew he was the son of someone i just couldn't remember what the who was yeah okay (laughs) so speaking of zalatoris obviously we had his 12 straight top 20 very very impressive last note on the corn ferry tour taylor pendrith who also had a really good u.s open goes back to the corn ferry tour comes in second place maybe a, a really a name we should be on the lookout for obviously not the field this week but something i wanted to bring up and John Catlin, how about this American kid? He's won a couple of times in the last like three or four weeks now. I mean, this guy's form has basically come out of nowhere. I don't know if you followed the Irish Open or not. There was actually uh, one of the funniest pictures of golf in 2020. There's this guy, obviously no fans of that, but this guy's property bordered the course where they were playing, and he was sitting there, and his cows were surrounding him and bothering him, looking for food. It was actually quite a funny picture. And it just sums up 2020. The only fans that get to watch golf for this guy and his cows. Um, but hey, that's where we are. Uh, any other notes from last week that I might have uh, missed? No, I mean, yeah, Callan is a guy that's really interesting. He was playing on the Asian tour for a while, just kind of just, you know, just Italy, yeah. grinding around out there and he got a couple starts on the Euro. And like you said, I mean, just now he is, uh, he's playing really consistently. He's beating a couple pretty good fields over there too. So Someone take uh, take note of. I mean, we often see that in Euro guys get hot and he'll kind of win a couple times. But um, no, I mean, last week it, it was kinda, yeah. You mentioned Grill. I mean, uh, Burns kind of had a similar story. I mean, going yeah. from getting himself in contention eight under in the weekend and then shooting seventy eight and then coming back with a sixty six. I have no idea what happened there. Um, he was actually T four in greens and regulation too. So it just probably just one of those days maybe the driver got away from him it's it's hard to tell without the strokes gain stats right and and again i didn't watch much golf this week i'm not gonna lie so um but uh that that was just uh that was probably the only other thing that was really worth pointing out among the big players i mean sam burns just had a really weird weekend um actually didn't end up being like the worst play ever because he had such a good sunday but um that was the other one yeah it's a great lead-in actually into our dfs review here where we kind of go over some of the uh, in, information from last week and take a look at some of our favorite pros and how they uh, allocated their lineup. So you brought up Sam Burns. He actually came out, I think, 18th, uh, maybe in the tournament. It didn't come in the top 10, but was just on the outside of the top 10 in actual total points. So it goes to show you where, man, if he had come in the top five, uh, he would have been very, very helpful. Uh, but yeah, what a terrible Saturday. Hudson Swafford, 135, so pretty high scoring week. Tyler McCumber, 118. Mackenzie Hughes and Anravon Lahiri. 110, Adam Long, 108, Nate Lashley kind of popped out of nowhere. Talked about him as this course, a um, little course history maybe coming up. Might as well throw Kelly Craft in there for talking about course history. It really proved, you know, yeah. again, it's, it's, sometimes it's not quantifiable. I've gotten into many uh, arguments before about course history, and, you know, I, I align probably somewhere more in the middle than I do on either side. But goes to show you this week, definitely course fit uh, with those two guys. Sing Jun Zhang had 94, Pat Rogers, 95. James Hahn, 95. Cameron Percy and Scott Harrington kind of round out the top 10 there. We go over to ownership. Man, don't get me wrong. I, I love Will Gordon and I love his talent, but I did not see 40% coming in from him. In the $200, you'll see in the lineup that I had 50% on. Crazy. I would have definitely paid him had I known that. But still, um, Sam Burns, 26% in 13th. Pat Rogers, 25%. He came 10th. 
Uh, Torres, 25%, 16. So I won't go through all these. I'll just kind of get the stats. Only two missed cuts, Jeff, from the top 10 or 15 owned, three top 10s and six top 20. So it seems like the chalk got it right again. Yeah, it was. I mean, the, the chalk did get it right. Uh, the, but the, it would seem like there were like a lot of big misses. I mean, Kirk was obviously one of them too. But I mean, Johnny Vegas was was definitely chalky. So there, there was like, and, and obviously Will Gordon. I mean, the the guys who missed were, were kind of significant. So it was still one of those weeks where like you got five through. Um, you definitely had like a, an okay week. I mean, for the most part, I mean, um, I know all my guys tanked and I still ended up cashing like a five or six. Okay. So um, it, yeah, it was, uh, you know, the, it was kind of a mixed bag. I mean, the chalk went off, obviously, you know, you had Burns and, and Rogers playing well, but again, we also didn't have a chalky winner, I guess. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's something yeah. to, to kind of point out, right? Like it wasn't such a dominating week where, you know, you had a guy like Burns or, or um, you know, going down maybe Rogers or someone win, which would have really been like you either had them or you didn't. So, um, yeah, kind of just one of those weeks where we had a weird winner and, and a couple chalky guys missed. And um, I think most people probably just, you know, glad to get by it because uh, unless you went like and took a couple a couple flyers on guys like Swafford or, or McCumber or, or Lahiri, and, and there were some people on Neary, like I, I'm sure Ben played them, uh, yeah. Raza. So, um yeah, so in the top five, in the top three hundred, I think, in the twenty-five dollar, which we'll, we'll yeah. go second. So I mean, it was one of those weeks where the, those those plays paid off, and I mean, uh, again, this is the type of event where you targeted those players hundred percent. So, yeah, very frustrating Sunday for me. I had a huge ticket on Justin Sue, but obviously the win was the was the highest. But top five and top ten were both been really good hits for me. Sad that he couldn't get it done. I'd love to see him here this week. I didn't know, but, um, you know, I knew about his game, obviously, coming out of college, but we haven't seen him that much because he hasn't kind of got it going. But they said on the telecast when I was watching, he's one of the best putters from 30 feet and beyond. So it's like, oh, well, this is my type of guy. Um, you know, since my guy sucks now, I kind of need a new one. But uh, sadly, we're not going to get to see Sue uh, for probably a little while now. Yeah, that is too bad. Part. He was uh, – I was yeah, watching him. weekend. Yep track him over the you know over the weekend and stuff uh definitely was interesting when he popped up so it'll be interesting hopefully he gets some starts because uh this would be a, a great time for him to, to like come in so yeah and, and at least get himself some status i think you know with the yep. 20 he needs like two more made cuts and he gets himself from the corner ferry tour finals next year which hey that's just that's better than what he's been playing in. so all right let's go to the top gpp lineup review had Hudson Swapper 2.2% owned, obviously, when you have that. And you mix in the right high-end shock, which Mackenzie Hughes was, 17% owned. And you throw in Adam Long, which was kind of, if, if you go look at the top six guys owned, Adam Long was the lowest owned of the highest um, paid players. And he ended up scoring 108 points and coming in the top five. So really good build there. Zing Jun Zhang was another chalkier play that ended up hitting. But... 52% total ownership. That, that's definitely one of the lowest we've seen in quite some time. Guy went off the wall, only one entry. Man, I'd love to talk to this guy, how he landed on Hudson Swafford and Scott Brown in his one entry. But you know what? It's those weak field events, and these are players, veterans, that come down here and know how to grind out a cut, especially in Scott Brown's case. And while Scott Brown maybe didn't win in the lineup, he also didn't choose, say, some of the chalkier plays at 6,900, like Anche Batia that missed the cut. Um, and that 50 points obviously mattered, got him the win, only one entry. So, yeah, those guys that are doing single entries, man, let me tell you, they outperformed the mass multi-enters very much so lately in golf. Yeah, lately it's definitely been that story. Um, 
you know, from, from a, from a top perspective, I mean, Hughes, Long, Zhang, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, I like starting lineups like that. I, I think there's a lot of upside. Adam Long was tracking as like the play. I mean, uh, half the ownership of, of the, uh, some of the other pl- top plays like Burns. I mean, uh, I was really happy in my lineup w- with getting that ownership on Long. I actually think I paired him with Burns in, in my main one there. So um, we'll see in a sec, but I was really happy with that. And I mean, just obviously after Saturday, it looked like Adam Long was going to win by multiple strokes or at least win the tournament. I, I kind of just figured he was going to shoot like three under it and win by a stroke or two. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, obviously, that wasn't the case. Um, Zhang was, was just solid for the price. Uh, well, he was solid up until Sunday. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised uh, he, he ended up in the winning lineup. I think he did end up making a few. It was like, a he had bird. a lot of bogeys on Sunday, but he made a lot of birdies on, on Sunday, too. That's so. kind of James M.O., though. You know, we've yeah. seen, I think we first highlighted, as weird as this sounds, back in February, you and I talked a lot about Zhang from the waste management, where he led the field in birdies. Yeah. Also had a ton of bogeys. But for DraftKings points purposes, in these weak fields, I, I really think he's a, a – a guy we got to keep our eye on because he does make so many birdies. And of course, you know, we don't necessarily need him to win at, at these prices at 8,400. I think this week, maybe he's a little bit more expensive. So All right, let's yeah. go out and see how are some of our pros do this week. And uh, Alex, um, he went ahead and extensive out the board. Highest allocation I've seen Alex do in quite some time, two thirds of his lineups at Stenson in it. And for me, when the price was printed at 9,500, you and I didn't have that much time to digest it, but both you and I were like, 9,500 seems like a really good price for Stenson. And you know what? For all intents, he almost paid it off. I think he just finished outside the top 10. Um, but Will's Alex Fores, uh was his number two guy, which that paid out. He was in the top 10. But then he had Charles Howell, Chris Kirk, Corey Connors, Michael Glickich. Those four guys being in probably at least one of those guys in each of his lineup kind of hurt him there. A um, couple of guys missed putt, uh, at five and one. Total golfer 68 came in 1,429. So probably not the best showing uh, for Alex last week. Go over to me. Uh, I went to Grill. My, my lineups on Saturday afternoon looked actually pretty good, even with Batia being in half of them. Um, I was cashing pretty well, and then Grill's tank uh, killed me. Thomas Dietrich also had a terrible weekend. Uh, I, suck, I went into the sucker plays of Gim and Gordon last week. Uh, found my way to Justin Sue a bit, but Chris Kirk uh, seemed to crush uh, both of us, Jeff. Um, yep. Any notes before we move on to uh, Justin McMahon and, and uh, Brian Cooper there? No, not really. I mean, uh, Appy Barnrat at 70 per- 17%. And, yeah, that's an interesting one, too. Yeah. That was an interesting one, kind of p- picks out. I mean, Glick, Glickick or whatever, however you pronounce his name, at 20%, probably a little interesting. But he, he had been playing pretty well. I mean, he's a guy who's shown up. In a couple in a couple events like this, I mean, this is when you take a shot like that uh, on a guy. So uh, that was interesting, though. Yeah, Alex did get to, to James Hahn, which was nice, and that was a good play. And then, great play. Yeah. yeah, so pretty good. Uh, pretty decent showing, but I'm gonna guess not a profitable week. Uh, even with Stenson being there. Uh, so Justin McMahon followed me down the William Gordon path. 61 percent of his lineups gone right off the way. 
Adam Shank ended up looking like he was going to be a good player, just can't put together a weekend uh, yeah. at Dallas here. He's five for five and cuts me, but can't put together a weekend. Uh, Chris Baker uh, was looking like a really popular player. Actually, Alex Austin Baker, uh, our guy here, he talked to me about him on Wednesday. He was like, what's going on with this? His ownership's going to be high. I don't see him as a good play, but it's like Justin uh, fell in the trap. He went to Rio, Burns, um, and Zalatoris. Those three were good. But too much Vegas, too much Will Gordon, too much Grayson Murray. That was probably the most surprising one. Yeah. Murray, you know, is focusing more on betting than he is on uh, golf right now. Was that the biggest surprise to you here? Um, and then Brick 75 actually really good. Had Adam Long, Will Zalatoris, Henrik Stenson. Um, only had uh, four guys missed the prep team, 329. That's our best performing uh, MME pro that we follow. So um, any notes there on those two guys? Yeah, I mean, look, I, it's just one of those weeks where I I don't really have much to say about uh, Justin's allocation because I'm just not on, you know, Murray at 28%. I would never play Grayson Murray that much. Uh, just be, he's just such a volatile player. I mean, he does have a lot of talent. I mean, obviously in a weaker field event, maybe that's what he was getting at. You know, look, that's where Grayson Murray has picked up his win, right? So uh, in an event like this, so maybe that's what he was getting at. Um, definitely was way over the field. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, just the, the Will Gordon chalk, I just never really... I, I mean, maybe we should talk about Will Gordon for a bit because I know he had that one big event, but he's never really done anything since then to kind of just say, oh, this is a player I have to go after. Um, like the strokes gain stats have been okay. I mean, they have not been, actually, actually, they haven't really been that great. So no, they, they haven't been good at, at all. I think what it was for me, the reason why I bought in is before his second place at, at River Highlands there at, at the Travelers, every event that he got in, which wasn't many. I think even this one was one of it last year, maybe. Yeah. He came in the top 20 in almost every single one. Right. Then he showed us the top-end talent versus the best in the world. Now, all of a sudden, since he's got status, if you look at his starts, they haven't been good. None of them has yeah. been in the top 25. Um, he played okay at Barracuda. Uh, certainly um, had a chance, actually, to make the cut this past week, uh, but it made yeah. an eagle on three, and, and uh, or on four, I should say, on Friday, but Scoring-wise, he's doing okay. It's just he's not playing great. 7,100 this week. We'll certainly talk about him in a, in a couple of minutes here because I think he'll yeah. be an interesting case. Um, the chalk last week was crazy. We, again, granted, I know that he had a decent start here maybe at this course once, um, but I, I fell for the trap. I just didn't know it was going to be so high on. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to be Captain Hindsight either. I'm just yeah, saying. No, of course you know, he, he's obviously, he, he kind of had that hot putting week at the travelers and it just, I have never really been like, Oh, okay. He's popping up for me. It's just kind of, I just say, okay, Will Gordon beats me this week. He beats me, but um, probably come a point where his game will come around. I mean, he's obviously still a talented player. So. Yeah. Let's move into our lineups now. Um, and how uh, I've kind of said many a time, so we can run through mine quickly that I fell into the trap of Patia, Gordon and Gim. So those three guys, missed the cut. my top 10 Burns, Brio and Stewart. Okay. Brian Stewart had a bad weekend. He was going into it uh, tied with Rio at minus six and only shot one under on the weekend, so not very good there. Um, I was going back and forth between Stewart and Zhang. I ended up on Stewart because I thought the ownership was going to be lower. It was, but Zhang ended up being the much better play scoring, I think, like 22 or four points. Um, any surprise to, to you there? I mean, we talked about Gordon, but am I a little too aggressive on this Akshay Batia kid? I mean, he just come off a top 10, felt like it was a good spot for him, but obviously not. I mean, it, it's so hard to evaluate these, these young players. And I, I, I do miss out on them a lot. Like, I mean, I, I've missed out on, like, you know, wolf wins and stuff like that. Yeah. 
because it's just, you don't have a big picture of, of what's going on. You just don't know what event everything is going to click for them. I mean, we saw Batia be like top 20 in strokes, gained everything yep. at the Safeway Open. But, you know, you look at his, his other results, he very often pairs, like, goes 67, 74. I mean, he just, he's still a young kid and they, they have trouble with the consistency at this level. But it, when, when things start clicking, like, it's, he's going to have massive weeks. Like he really is. So I can't even sit here and be like, Oh yeah, you made a huge mistake. Like chasing this kid. He's really good. Like he's going to have weeks where he pops. It's just when they, they don't, I mean, this is what it looks like, right? Like you're going to end up with three miscuts. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. We're playing for top place. I mean, yep. there's no, there's no harm in, in chasing it. I mean, uh, one, one day we'll be sitting here and be like, yeah, like why didn't I bet like Batia like a hundred to one or, or whatever. Um, so you just got to decide, is, is this the week you're going to take the shot with them? Uh, it, it's kind of frustrating, but it's also, you know, there's, there's really no other better, you know, in weaker fields like this, there's, there's really no other better upside that you're getting than with uh, a lot of these young players. So, Yeah, and 33 and a half points in two rounds is, is honestly exactly what we're going for. He, he gave yeah. the, the seven or eight birdies, which is four round. He gave us a birdie streak. So maybe yeah. it really is um, using him on the betting side because his odds are still, you know, very high, always, you know, three figures for to win and, and the top 10 and 20 are good. So maybe it is really just kind of playing these guys in showdown and trying to cash in on the showdown side um, rather than on the week long, just because there is a consistency problem. So if, if you have a problem with likely not cashing half of the time and likely having a chance at a good, you know, cash half the time by using him, you know, that, that's kind of the risk uh, you take there. So nope. let's go to your lineup, which is certainly uh, performed a lot better than mine. You did find yourself to Adam Long as well. Uh, Zing Zhang, as we've talked about a couple of times, Chris Kirk was really the only problem. JJ Spawn, a great call. Bull Hostler ended up sneaking through the cut. So Adam Long, talk to me a little bit about that. Was it because he looked like he was going to be the lowest owned or you liked him coming out of the U.S. Open straight away? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, Adam Long just been really consistent. I mean, uh, again, nothing really jumping off the charts, but when you look at the event, I mean, Adam Long is really consistent potter, a guy who pretty good birdie rate. I mean, kind of everything you want at an event like this, like you don't have to worry about him getting a little bit off kilter with the driver. Um, he did well on Bermuda greens earlier at, at the Arnold Palmer. Like it's just an event where you, you look at Adam, uh, Adam Long. I mean, a guy went, got to like 2,500 at the American express against the weaker field. And you just think he's, he's probably going to pop up and coming off well, a lot of confidence. Then you had the ownership thing. He was definitely projecting lower owned than, than Burns and the other top guys. And um, so I definitely was going to get exposure to him. Uh, it was uh, Burns. It would, you know, I it was heavier on Burns. Like I said, I only made a few lineups, but Burns was in all of them. Um, and, and unfortunately for me, Kirk was the other guy and actually Kirk and Zhang, Kirk, Zhang and Burns were my, the three dudes I kind of really built around. And, um, I, I liked everything I saw with Kirk, definitely like everything I saw on Thursday morning when he was seven under after his round finish. But, um, you know, obviously he just didn't get it going with the putter. Um, so it, it's one of those things. I don't even think it was like that bad a call in this field or anything, but, um, you know, everyone else was, was okay. I mean, like Hosler and Spawn didn't, you know, Hosler was, it's kind of, it's interesting. Like Hosler definitely like way better chance to make a cut than those guys you use. But at the same time, I don't even know if he was that good to play because this is kind of his upside right now. Like he's, he's just not a good ball striker. He's a good putter. So um, I'm not even sure if I can sit here and say that was like the great play. I think Spawn was fine because his ball striking has been there. I think the upside was there, but I don't know. It is what it is. I, I, I like all those plays. Hosler was kind of one of those ones where I just fell on because I just couldn't really figure out. Maybe I just couldn't, didn't have the balls big enough to like, you know, go, go with someone with better upside, but uh, that's who I fell on. So. 
Yeah, and, and spawning team birdies over four days, which is yeah. honestly yeah. We, we look for a target of four and a half and, and hope that we throw in a streak, a birdie, a bogey free round, and uh, and, and of course not that many bogeys to give us the positional points. But twenty is kind of the target there. So you can get your guy, you can get all your guys to make it twenty birdies, which um, you know outside of, of Kirk, you, you pretty much did that. It means typically means a pretty good cash. So. Um, all right, that'll do it for the recap of last week. A uh, little different pace this week. I'm, I'm a little bit more excited. I think we're a little bit more top-heavy. we got some good golfers heading for the Sanderson Farms Championship in the Country Jackson Country Club or the Country Club of Jackson, something like that. I think I don't yeah, know. That's right. I yeah. thought it was the Country Club at Jackson, but it's of Jackson. So. Of Jackson, right. Uh, it's just interesting, but uh, that's where we are. Far 72, 7,500 yards. I- I'm pretty sure it's an old Donald Ross track. Uh, in terms of who the original design was. It's been there since like the 1930s. Yeah. We got a few guys that are not known that much, or this might be the only course the PGA Tour plays, like it's Mike Gogol, not Matt Gogol, Mike Gogol, and uh, John Fought design. Fairways are going to be hard to hit again, but the rough length only two inches, Jeff, so maybe 55%. Uh, we're going to get two-thirds of the greens hit, and then if you miss the green, uh, you're going to get up and down about 60% of the time. So driving accuracy, probably not important at all this week, huh? Yeah, not not really at all, uh, Jason. I mean, you look at the four last five winners, they've hit under 60% of fairways. Um, the only guy who hit, like, who was, like, really up there and driving actually was Ryan Armour in, I think, 2018. Um, he hit, uh, he hit like, over 70. I think he was third. But, I mean, Cameron Champ was, like, last in driving accuracy. The other guys all kind of, like, bought, like uh, outside of the top 30 for sure. So, um, you know, hitting – it is kind of like a tighter course. Like there's, there's some like tee shots you got to go over water and stuff like that. But at the same time, I just feel like the greens, I almost feel like it's more of the greens are easier to hit than the fairways, than, than hitting the fairways are, are a big deal. So like, if you miss the fairways, you can still get to the greens in good position and uh, make up for it that way. And then it just becomes a putting contest. So um, this definitely just doesn't seem like driving accuracy, a big deal. I, I don't, at the same time, I don't think you have to be like a super powerful bomber or anything like that. Um, the par fives feel like, uh, you know, the, there's eagle opportunities. There are a couple short par fours to score on too. So, um, yeah, interesting course. I mean, more of like a parkland setting, a little, like I said, a little bit of water definitely comes into play, especially on the final few holes, um, Bermuda greens. So maybe, you know, a little bit of correlation to like some of those Florida courses, again, Sun JM pops up here, Benny Ann pets a little bit better on Bermuda, um, and, and guys like that tend to tend to do well here. So uh, probably again, looking at like TPC Southwind, maybe like PGA National is a little bit of uh, a course comparison. Yeah, I, I definitely like those. A uh, couple of other notes um, from this course uh, that we have. Um, Sanjay Ambi, yeah, came, came in second here last year. Sebastian Munoz uh, won it. Uh, neither of those guys, like you said, neither of those guys really bombers. So I think this sets up as a real second shot golf course, especially with the rough length. Being only two inches, two-inch Bermuda or champion Bermuda, which this is, it, sometimes it's even better to be in the rough than hitting out of the fairway um, in some of these lies on Bermuda. You know, obviously, I, that's what I play in Florida down here all the time now. And, and I've noticed that sometimes the, the lies are really tight in the fairway, but champion Bermuda kind of alleviates that a little bit. But still, really no problem if you miss the fairway this week. It is all – it is really a second-shot golf course. One thing that I noted is – the fifth hole, a par five, 620-ish yards, actually plays harder uh, and yielded like 50 less birdies than that drivable par four on the backside. Uh, so in terms of looking at streaks uh, for showdown stuff, um, I don't really think there's too much uh, of a benefit. Uh, the first three holes look like some of the best chance actually to do that. 
so uh, for your showdown lineups, if you want to start guys that are doing on the back, definitely give you a little of that fight. Um, now, when we were coming on here, uh, we just got salaries dropped. So uh, the next couple of sections I had put in before, but we'll talk about Will Zalatoris. It's Zalatoris season for the second straight week. Now, this week he is here because he came in the top 10 with a great Sunday. And is he now like firmly in play, even though he's not even on the PGA Tour yet? Did you use him last week? And are you going to use him this week? So last week was a little bit different because he was the most expensive player. And, you know, I kind of had long and, and Burns rated um, similar, just a little bit better. So uh, the thing with this week is. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No the price has gone down. Everyone, like he, he had a solid week. I mean, T10, obviously. Um, it's not like you, uh, you were disappointed by that. He obviously finished in front of Burns. But with the price going down now, I, I almost wonder if the ownership's going to skyrocket. So, I, I mean, he's definitely in play for me. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting between him and, like, Benny An there. Um, An's got a lot of upside for GPPs, but he's, you know, very much like it could produce, like, a Sam Burns week where it's, like, good, but, you know, he, he just throws in that round and, and you get, you just don't get enough from him. So, um, Dal Torres definitely at that price, super interested in. I mean, um it's it's definitely a more interesting week from a DFS perspective, um, yeah. you know, at the top here. I mean, you have Burns, who's, who's uh, you know, playing well, 9,800, but then, and Redmond at 9,700 too, but then you've got like, you know, like are people going to pay up for who stays in here? Who's playing well? Um, what's the ownership on Scheffler going to be? Who's, who's, you know, easily the best player in the field right now. Um, and then you got Sungjae, who's probably going to be like the chalk, but do you really want to fade him on Bermuda with his approaches now trending? It, like very good. Uh, it, it's really interesting. I mean, you, you can make cases for going like so many different directions, which I kind of like. Um, definitely going to make for some interesting builds. But yeah, Zal Torres, the you know the guy you asked me about, he's in play. I mean, you get a seven seven hundred discount after after a little uh, a nice T ten. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and so I did some digging uh, on Zal Torres and see what he needs. So, in no means am I an expert, but you know, for this day. If you guys uh, in here watching, give me a few likes because, you know, it took me like 20 or 30 minutes to do some digging around. Got 100 points for the U.S. Open FedEx Cup. And these are non-member points, remember, because he's not a FedEx Cup or a PGA Tour member. He can't actually accumulate them. But he got 100 points for the U.S. Open T6. He gets 80 points last week for the T8 that he comes in. So that's 180 total points. He needs 100 more to surpass last year's number 125 guy, who I think it, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. So I believe that will get him full status on the PGA Tour, playing out of the exact same category Will Gordon's in right now, right? So that's about another top six, or as I calculated, a seventh place solo finish or a T6 or better. And Zalatoris will never have to worry about going back to the current Ferry Tour. So before we move on to Scotty Scheffler returning from COVID, does Will Zalatoris get it done this week, or will he have to use maybe, say, two top 20s here and at Shriners in a couple weeks? I'm, I'm going to say he's probably going to need both events. 
Um, okay. I, I mean, it, it's a little bit unfortunate for Zalatoris because these do kind of just set up, and even more this week than last week. It just you know you got to get really hot with the putter, and and Zalatoris like it's just not his best feature. So you're kind of penciling him in again for like a top twenty, top ten. Uh, maybe maybe he get, he'll get there uh, this week. He definitely he definitely will probably put himself in position to do it. And maybe uh, you know with with the kind of care in front of him, I mean he just he just finds that extra couple birdies. So uh, I think he'll come close, but I think uh, I think he's going to need a, a couple couple events. And again, like now that his price has gone down for DFS, he, he's just still like he's a really attractive play. So um, yeah, I, I think another solid week is incoming. But uh, if you ask me which way, I think he'll need uh, a couple events. Yeah, two, two events, two top twenties. I think would would get it really close. Yep. Uh, I think two top twenties would be like fifty points. So, and what does he need officially to do it this week? Then you said. Sorry. So I think it's like a solo seven. Somewhere yeah. a solo seventh would at least give him conditional status. Um, okay. Yeah. And a, a T a T six or better would I believe give him that Doc Redman status, which would be a non-member. He gets in almost every event except for like the real good ones. Uh, doesn't get into WTCs or majors quite yet. Uh, but, uh, and, and remember, he'll also get in the Bermuda championship. Oh, not Bermuda. Uh, he'll have to wait a couple weeks. He gets in the alternate field events through his corn ferry status of last year. So he's definitely going to get it done. I, we know he will with how he's playing. Just a matter of when, um, not if, uh, so, uh, speaking of when and not if, when is right now for, if you're a sports fan, there's, there's no better time right now. We've got the NBA finals are set in stone. The Lakers are facing the heat. We've got Monday night football tonight. So if you're not already an Osmo Plus member, it is a great time to join on the Platinum side. Come try us out, $29.95 for the week. And with that, you're going to get everything, all sports, eSports included, everything that we've got to offer behind the Osmo Plus side. And with that, you get an incredible value. You're going to get all the PGA stuff that we do, all the NFL, NBA, MLB, and so much more. So great time to join and try us out if you're not already. Let's talk about Scotty Shepard. He's returning from COVID, and COVID is obviously the reason that we have all these sports right now, of course. Prior to that, arguably, he was playing some of the best golf in the entire world. Uh, he had just come off a run of top fives, one at a major, another one at a, a playoff event. So sad to see him not be able to compete at the U.S. Open, especially at a course where it probably would have been a pretty good fit. Uh, but now he comes back and he is the favorite. you think there's rust there, or do you think he's been playing on, his, on the side? And are you willing to pay for him as the favorite? Yeah, you you really gotta. It's it's really gonna be interesting that the ownership that comes in on Scotty Scheffler. He is clearly to me, and look, I'm a Louis Oosthuizen fan. He's clearly the best player in this field to me. I mean, right now, I mean, a dude who obviously competed for uh, a major, the PGA. I mean, shot for shot with Dustin Johnson and everyone else. Shot a 59 in the playoffs. Is probably gonna be really chalky at the U.S. Open if he was if he had played. Yeah, I mean, and now he's. Now he's coming into this weaker field event. And I mean, like, but he's 11 for it. And you got the COVID situation. I, I definitely, I mean, again, I think you, you take a stance of, you know, do, do I want to take advantage of these, these salary dumps on like Zalatoris and Stenson and uh, you know, maybe like a cheaper Sam Burns, or do I want to pay up for Scheffler and, you know, screw these other guys. Like I'm going to play the best player in the field and just pair him with some value options. I mean, you can still use them with Stenson. So um that, that's kind of the the, the attitude you got to take when building lineups. I, I'm not really sure where I fall. Obviously, we just got salaries coming out, but I, I mean, Sky Shuffle is going to win soon. So um, I, it might be a, a situation where, you know, you, you make three lineups and 
just or, or you make 30 lineups and you get uh you know just a field average of scotty scheffler or or you just uh you know if the ownership projections come out and wednesday is projecting to be like half of some of these guys you just don't need to you won't need to go as crazy on him uh to go over weight, which is nice so I would rather be overweight right now thinking about it um, than, than underweight. But again, if he comes out and it's like everyone's playing him, it'll be a different story for me. So um, you just got to wait and, and see. And this is a good thing. This is why using the Osmo tools is so nice. They get updated as the week goes on. So you can go and check out and get a weekly pass, whatever. But uh, th- those ownership projections are crucial for for GPPs, knowing where you're at and going into the week. And uh, that'll be something I'm watching because uh, – one way or the other, you know, it'll be just to help me make a decision on Scheffler this week. For me, Scheffler and Munoz's game are, are relatively similar. They're both not extremely long off the tee, but they're also not that um, – they're relatively accurate with their length. I would even consider Scotty Scheffler probably a, a better version of Sebastian Munoz. So if, if there's any course fit angle there, I think Scheffler would definitely cover it. I don't think there's any rust. I think that two weeks is fine, and I'm, I'm going to guess yeah. that – even though he got diagnosed with COVID and couldn't see anybody, I'm going to guess that he was still working on his game somehow. I mean, Scheffler's won enough money over the last year and a half or so to probably, you know, maybe not have a Bryson DeChambeau set up in his living room, probably something similar if he really wanted to. I mean, at 11-2, I guess I'm a little more nervous to play him on DraftKings, or 11-4, I should say, on DraftKings. At 12-1, actually, for the betting side, um, I actually probably like that a, a decent amount more than just playing at 11-4, depending on where ownership is, of course, like you mentioned. Um, so I guess that's that's kind of where I lead it, and that's a good lead in to hear my first place. When I saw Sun JM at 16 to 1 and I saw Zalatoris at, at 20 plus to 1, those were my first two blitz. I, I really think that somebody, one of those throwing Scheffler and throwing loose days, and I actually think one of those four golfers win this week. I think we get a favorite to win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, some JM, I think that's fair. I mean, he, the, the approaches are really trending up well for him. Uh, Zalatoris at, at increased odds. Um, I honestly don't really have a, a first click as far as the favorites go. Um, I, I might give Sam Burns one more, one more chance here. His odds are a little bit bigger on a lot of sites. I've seen 28 to one. Um, so that's definitely a dude. He's got great Bermuda potting splits, very much like a Sun JM esque in that regard. So um, still just killing it on the par fives. And, and, you know, obviously at that, he's, he's, he's had a couple, he puts himself in contention and then he kind of takes himself out with one bad round, but you're, you know, at some point that, you know, the, the four rounds will come together for him. So that's a player I'm definitely looking at, um, you know, going down, I, I do kind of feel like Sibu Kim is, is another player. I might give a, a, a look to, uh, bigger odds. I mean, people forget how well he was playing, um, you know, kind of, pre obviously uh pre the pga playoffs so that, that's someone else i could see pop up but yeah right now be, between these favorites i mean if you're asking me like who, who to take it's probably him i mean it, it's he just puts himself in in so many good situations uh he's just got such a good all-around game and he, he can he can putt with the best of them on bermuda so um definitely like his chances to at least get get you in contention for the weekend um yeah again just just trending nicely over the last two events so i, I don't have a problem with that at all Sibu Kim was just the odds-on favorite, but not odds-on, odds favorite to win the golf tournament a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. um, here he is now down here. I think he's like 12th or 13th, maybe even 14th or fourth. So interesting note there. All right, a couple of my first clicks I want to talk about. Um, listen, if you're on the Will Gordon hype train and, and you want to stay on it, 750 for uh, top 20 uh, is probably a pretty good price. That double what he was last week. And 
just because Scotty Scheffler, Sung J.M., and Louis Ustazen are in the field, uh, I don't think that should make his odds double. So if you believed in him last week like I did, you likely should believe in him this week. I'll, I will be betting that um, here shortly. Uh, interesting on Gordon, he can't, he printed at 80 to one last week and then went to like 66 to one really quick to win. So obviously uh, some people jumped on that as well. Next one I have is, and, and I was looking before I came on here and I told you, I got a guy 11 to one on the top 20 here. I was looking for his U S open stroke skiing stats, but he didn't have any. The reason why he didn't have any is because he withdrew. He went through midway through, not even midway through the second round. I think it was like three holes. He's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I just don't want to play anymore. I'm not going to make the cut. And it's Andrew Putnam. The reason why I'm taking Putnam, yeah, it's uh, the reason why I'm taking Putnam on 11 to one on the top 20 is because a couple of weeks ago at the Safeway, we know he struggled off the tape. That's that's a given in his game. He's a similar guy to speed, like he's awful off the tape. But we saw the approaches come back. He gained about over four strokes on the approaches. We know how good of a putter he is. So if my theory that driving accuracy really is not going to matter this week with the rough length being short. Like Andrew Putnam, maybe to bust out. He, he was a tour winner a couple of years ago uh, in an all field event, which this kind of is. So 11 to 1, Andrew Putnam, top 20. And my other one, uh, real quickly, that I have Robbie Shelton, 8 to 1 on the top 20. We've seen this guy go through the back end of the PGA Tour season last year through some Bermuda events uh, and play pretty well. So, any either of those interest you? I actually, I actually had Shelton written down. So, I, I really like the Robbie Shelton t- call. Um, again, yeah. Playing well in the playoffs. Um, we, again, we, we see guys in these early fall swings. Oftentimes, it'll be guys with momentum coming in from the web or the, the Corn Ferry Tour. But now, obviously, it's more – it's just different this year, obviously. We don't have the guys graduating. So, it's more looking to guys who maybe finished off their season well. And, and Shelton definitely fits that bill. I, I like that call a lot. Definitely had him on my list. Um, I kind of not, – like Wyndham Clark, I wish we were getting a little bit bigger odds, but I just like the setup. A guy who can dominate par fives. You don't have to worry too much about driving accuracy. You know, a little bit of a similar game to like a Cameron Champ. Just yeah. a really, really good putter. Um, I kind of liked him at the Safeway too. Didn't come through for me there, but he wasn't that far off. He missed the cut there by one stroke. And uh, he did put together a little bit better ball striking um, there and in his last start. So I still kind of like Wyndham Clark around plus 650. If he, He's one of those players where if he makes the weekend – the very good chance, you know, uh, he's, he's sort of playing similar golf to some of those guys we've talked like Will Gordon, like if they just make the cut, you, you'll probably see them pop up with a bunch of birdies. So um, that was kind of the other player that popped up. Oh, and then there's also, this isn't so much uh, really a top 20 play, more of an outright play, but Tom Lewis is in the field. Um, just a dude who will go and make a ton of birdies if, if he, if the game is there, there's nothing in the strokes gained or anything like that, but I think he's missed three of his last four cuts. But again, you know, he's T2, like, a month and a half ago at the WGC on Bermuda Greens. Um, he won, uh, you know, Corn Ferry Tour event by five strokes, like uh, this time last year. He, he's just a really talented, aggressive player. And uh, on a course like this where, you know, maybe you don't get in so much trouble off the tee and you can just start firing at pins, I would not be shocked. So I, I like him more as like a top five outright bet just because if he gets hot, like it, the, all the putts will go in and uh, he'll be there on the weekend, so. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, now we'll move on here to our, our last topic, the DFS preview. And two other things, and, and again, this I think salaries dropped at like 115 when we come on here at, on the air at 2 yeah. o'clock. So normally we talk about bumps and dumps, and I just didn't have quite enough time to get those in. But one of the ones that I see, and this kind of brings me into the range that I want to talk to you about a little bit, is Mateusz Schwab. He goes from 8,800 last week to 7,400 this week. And now, granted, he just made the cut. Had a good Sunday, though. 
was one of the biggest movers um, in terms of salary dump. You see any others that maybe I missed that you want to chat about? Denny McCarthy, Charlie Hoffman, both were plus 8,000 or 8,500 last week, both now below 8,000. Um, so definitely some more values out there this week. Uh, any that jumped up to you? Um, yeah, no, Schwab is interesting for sure. I'm, I'm going to take a, a closer look at him, um, uh, especially at that price. It might, might just be, I just play him in DFS. I don't know about betting or anything like that, but you know, Stenson and Grillo both went down. Definitely interested in Stenson at 8,900. I mean, um, yeah, he, he's going to to play him again. I think this might end up being, being a good spot for a top 15 or 20, knowing that he's, he's in decent form. He played pretty good. Yeah. No, he played fine. I mean, um, you know, four rounds under par, <laughs> he's committed to this fall swing. Like he, he is committed. He just wants to stay in the States and play here until the masters. He said, he's like, you know, play like the RSM and, and all these things and these Island events, he called them. So uh, I like it. And I mean, this is a guy who's, who's played really well in Florida over his career again, kind of just Bermuda greens, you know, he'll just go out there and hit every green and, and, you know, it, it's not a super long course. So probably just going to like, you know, just build up his, his, his kind of accuracy off the tee and, and uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta like it. I mean, um, Siwoo Kim coming in uh, again, you mentioned he went from, he was the favorite last time, but I mean, his, his salary is like a massive dump too from uh, his last start. So, I mean, again, kind of just players in this 8K range, uh, really interesting kind of so, some of the salaries we're getting. I mean, Sergio Garcia at 8,600 um, feels ridiculous in this field, but I mean, he hasn't really made many cuts. So you kind of get it. Really going to be interested to see how many players, um, go on to him but um yeah just pure pure dumps uh trying to look through here quickly because obviously salary just came out everyone kind of in the 7k range no one looks like i mean johnny vegas down to 7k he was at 7700 uh the last event but no one else really kind of sticking out here in the lower range it's definitely more flat um the changes in, in the lower range but um yeah, definitely some some interesting moves I, stenson was the most interesting to me because he was 9500 last week had a good week He's still one of the only top 50 players in the field and, uh, and he went down six. So we'll see how the ownership gets on him this week. Yeah. And this is a, a great use of, of the awesome plus subscription. It's just eight ninety five dollars If you want to join us is this ownership. And you mentioned this kind of AK range for this field is relatively stacked. I mean, you, you've got guys like Patrick Rogers who came up at 20, uh, 20 plus percent last week. Syndrome Dang after a good week was kind of high owned. I mean, you can go, those guys, I can throw in, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Jang yeah. Jang Valley went down like six under two. So yeah. Yep. And throwing Cam Davis, who's been overly popular in these type of events at this price, ownership is going to dictate a lot for me. And, and, and I think that um the reason being for that is most of these plays for me end up they're pretty similar, right? Zhang, yep. Kim, Rogers, Davis, they're all playing pretty good golf. So ownership will definitely dictate a lot this week, um, as it typically does. Two guys, um, actually more than two guys at the 7,100 range I want to talk to you about just because they're namesakes. Brett Snedeker and Keegan Bradley are 7,100 in this field. I mean, obviously, we've seen them priced in, in good fields, big fields, much, much higher. Um, that was And Will Gordon is also in at 7,100. Christopher Ventura, 7,200. He was 9,400 last week, I think. So That's right. Uh, yeah, 7,200 and below, I gave you four names. Interested in any of them? And are you surprised that their salary is to where it is this week? Yeah, I forgot Venture was was ninth K. Holy cow, man. Like, wow, that's a big uh, a big adjustment. So, I mean, definitely a dude who can, who can get it done with the putter. Yeah, he was old. It wasn't like, I think, 10 plus percent old, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, no, I think he was owned. Like he wasn't, uh, he wasn't just some dude who was like 1% owned. So I'm going to be interesting to see. I mean, if the ownership stays down on Ventura, I'll probably, I'll go back to him here. He can, he can get it done on the greens. I mean, he's a great putter, a great, a great off the tee. Won't have to worry about hitting fairways much here. Um, should be able to just, you know, start firing with the putter. So I, I like that. I mean, um, you know, Kirk is down there again with, with Snedeker as well. Uh, I could go back to Kirk too, if he's going to be like 5% owned, he was still playing well. Like I said, he just any putts. He, he was like second here the year Cody Gribble won. So uh, he's got some good history here too. And, and Snedeker, I mean, this isn't his typical like Poa West Coast swing thing, but you know, he, he, he shot a 59 at the window, which is a kind of a good corollary for this course too, I think. Um, Bermuda Green's there. I, I'm not going to trust Keegan Bradley to 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 stay up here. He might be an okay cash game player or something. I don't I don't even know what he's been doing lately. But um, you know, for for GBP Snedeker definitely in play. I mean, he can absolutely light it up um, for for a couple rounds here. So interesting. Uh, yeah, def- definitely some some veterans in the field that we'll probably see uh, one or two of them have good weeks. And and then you got that that Ventura salary dump, which. I'll be really interested to see if people go back to him. Um, if, if they stay off, that, that'll probably be a player I'll probably try to get exposure to. So, Mark Hubbard, um, he ran through a nice stretch there on the back half of the playoffs, and net now it's certainly come down quite a bit. But at 6,800, yeah, I think he's yeah, that's a that's another player everyone was all over at the Safeway. Like, yeah, yeah, it was it was now come down significantly. A guy that has fallen off the earth after one win a couple of years ago. He was supposed to be super talented out of Oregon. Aaron Wise is 6,800 in this field. Jeff, what, where is this guy's game gone? It's, it's, it's gone. It's, it's pretty much just non-existent. Now. I mean, <laughs> I know when I, I think it was on the Safeway show, uh, Ben and I talked about him and, you know, we're, we're kind of in agreement. I mean, he's, he's a really talented player. I mean, and, and it, it just feels like it'll just, it will come eventually, but you know, for, for the last year and uh, basically year and a half, I mean, he is, he has just been one round good. The other round, he just can't hold it together. And it's ridiculous stuff. Like he'll miss a green, take three chips. And like, all of a sudden he's, he's got a double or a triple and his round is off kilter and everything looked fine before that. And he just can't avoid it. Um, He shot a 62 and then the final round of the Barracuda had like the best round of the tournament there. It is there with Aaron Wise, but so it just, he just cannot hold it together. And again, this is a player who, like, was it last year or the year before? Like, he he was he was like making cuts in all the majors, like doing well in the majors too. Like, it's a very strange situation. I, it very it feels very psychological where it does. it's just going to click. It's just going to click one week, and and we're all going to be like, oh yeah, Aaron Wise is good again. Um, <laughs> and, and, but it's so hard to predict, right? Like. Um, I don't know. He was, he was third in the Bermuda championships on the fall swing last year. Um, like I said, he was eighth at the Barracuda had the round of the tournament on Sunday. I mean, it's going to be very hard for me not to, not to get something on Aaron Wise this week. It's going to be very, I'm going to have to use all my willpower to stay off and it probably won't be enough. So I'll probably be the guy who who goes there. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard for me to make a, some kind of case or, or anything for him because it's just a talent thing. Um, not, nothing that says it's, it's going to pop this week. Just uh, just keep got to keep playing them, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know. 
Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, our chat mentioned the guy. He is one of only a couple of players in the field uh, that have multiple top tens at this golf course uh, since 2014. So I'll bring up two names. Two names of two players uh, that have at least two top tens here. First one is William Dirt McGirt. Coming in here. He's actually coming in off of a made cut. Maybe last place. And the other one is a guy that has definitely tore up the fall circuits in years past. And kind of that's how he's gotten to the spot where he is on tour. Uh, another start in OHL Mayakoba in Mexico. He played well. It is Carlos Ortiz from Mexico, 29-year-old. He has a third and fourth year in the last two years. So either of those two names, I know maybe a little bit of opposite ends of the spectrum with Ortiz and McGirt. But um, either of those two names, interested uh, for you this week. Again, no, it's early, but some good course uh, history at least. I mean, McGirt is... I don't know. You can do worse, I guess. Like as if, if you're just making, if you just want to make a couple ridiculous lineups and, and throw guys in at the bottom. I mean, at the very least, you got some course history. Like you said, I mean, um, he's obviously a player kind of trying to make his way back on tour. Uh, he did make a cut in his last start, which is again, I mean, it's a fall tour. It's a fall swing. I mean, if, if a guy like McGurn is ever going to kind of pop up again, it'll be in these type of events, but um, again, th that's, that's like legitimately like one lineup out of a hundred kind of thing. I mean, I, I wouldn't do anything more than that. Looking down at the bottom, there, there might be better candidates. I mean, I might even rather take a shot on Jimmy Walker, although I have no idea what's going on with that guy, but, um, yeah, Ortiz is just, Ortiz is interesting from like, he shouldn't be 8,300, right? Like no one's going to play even with the good course history. Are people really going to play Carlos Ortiz at 8,300 in this field? I mean, you know, I they, love, they love to play Ortiz. People love to play him at like 6,800, 6,900. That's where his ownership That's is. That's the thing. Like, I mean, you you brought him up. I mean, I hadn't even seen him there because he, he, like my brain just like was like, no, you don't need to look at Carlos Ortiz at 8,300. So, um, you know, there's too many other better plays there. And I mean, I know he's made two cuts in a row, but it's not like anything is going on good with his ball striking. He's okay off the tee, actually. Um, and I guess he can get a little bit odd with the putter, but you know, maybe it's like a, just a low GPP play. Again, we're going to have to wait to see how the ownership shakes out here. If he's projecting as like 1% owned, I mean, I guess he's got similar upside to Patrick Rogers. Like if, if Rogers is going to be like 15% owned again, and then Ortiz is going to be like 1% owned, I can definitely see the case of I'm going to play Ortiz over Rogers. I don't have a problem with that, um, but not a player. I'm necessarily going to go out of my way to target or anything like that. Okay. Um, we got about uh, maybe a minute or two left. Uh, a couple of guys here that I wanted to ask you about. One of them, uh, one of them is Sebastian Munoz, uh, who had a nice stretch there about six weeks ago, came in 18th, then reeled off back-to-back -to -back top 10s. He's the defending champion, beat Sung J.M. So Sebastian Munoz, are you interested in him this week? He's in at 9,900, so sixth on the board. And okay, so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a, a one or the other. Young Hanan came in third here last year to Sebastian Munoz's first. Ten thousand for on, ninety nine hundred for Munoz. If you had room for one of them, which means obviously you'd have room for the other, um, which one would you pick right now? I know it's early in the week. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I'll just give you my stock answer. I, I'm pretty much always going to play and over Munoz in this situation. Yep. Yep. At the same time. If Ann is going to be 15% and Munoz is going to be 2%, which I could see playing out because I don't think anyone's going to play Munoz at 9,900. How about Zach Johnson at 9,600 for that? Yeah, exactly, right? So this is, like, I from a strategy perspective, I really like the way this field is, is, is kind of 
rounding out, man. I mean, we're going to have some opportunities to get some really low players here, I think, in the top. And I think Munoz, Munoz is interesting. Maybe I'll play Anna and Munoz together or something. I don't know. But um, Munoz is a pretty solid player. Um, he's very scrappy. You know, he, he kind of just did this is a good event for him. He can get the putter going. He's, he's got a solid just uh, kind of everything game going. So and it's not a, an event where, you know, you have to be lights out tee to green. So, yeah, I could see myself getting some Munoz exposure. Um, but, you know, I, you're asking me straight up. I'm going to take Benny on. Another guy. Uh, so we'll, we'll end our show with uh, maybe a guy below 7,000. Uh, again, we haven't had a ton of time to look, but a guy that kind of stuck out to me, played a good uh, Sunday round had, had a good weekend actually in general at the Corrales Punta Cana went five under on the weekend and ended up in a tie for 21st. This is the type of event in the season in which Robert Streb makes cuts and can give you some good uh, points. He also had a top five at the Barracuda about a month and a half ago. So 6,600 for Streb. He's got a couple made cuts here. Uh, maybe a little bit of interest there. He's a name that I saw as I was scrolling. How about you? Wes Bryan's also in the field. I don't know if you're interested there. Streb is Streb is a good call. I like that. This is this is like Robert Streb season. Um, if, if there's like going to be another Hudson Swafford winner, like Streb would be at the top of my list right now to kind of pick, like as the dude who would get it done. Um, yeah, Wes Bryan is interesting. This is a better setup for Wes Bryan. I know people were still on him at the at the Safeway, but I suspect um, they might be back again at 6300. I think they'll probably be back again. This is a much better setup for him, though. This is more of a putters event, um, you know, Safeway, a longer course, uh, tighter driving, you know, holes and stuff like that. I think, and again, I think I talked about Ben with this before on the pregame show. We weren't really sure why people liked Wes Bryan at that setup. I like him more at this setup. Um, I don't, I don't know if I like him enough to go crazy. I don't think I'm probably going to go and bet him. But like, if I again, we talked about McGirt down there. Like, I'd much rather take a shot. If you can get up to like uh, um, Sun Kang's down there too, actually, Sun Kang, Kelly Craft, and uh, and and um, and Wes Bryant are kind of the three names that just stick out around like sub sixty five hundred guys for me right now. So um, yeah, I, I could see it definitely. A guy, I wouldn't I wouldn't be you know I, I would be fine mixing in um, if he's going to be like fifteen percent out. I don't think he'll be fifteen percent out, but if for some reason he did get super chalky, I'd also be fine fading him. All right, well, um, again, we didn't have a ton of time to, to scroll down, but I will say that uh, Kevin Tway finally made a cut there last week. He's a guy that, you know, I keep my eye on as a as a winner of one of these events um, in, in years past, so a guy that I certainly kept my eye on. So, all right, well, Jeff, that will do it for us here for the PGA the DFS First Look Show for the Sanderson Farms Championship. We will be back next week. Um, we go to the RSM, right? We go to Sea Island, I think before making our way out west uh, for uh, a couple weeks in Vegas. We've got the Shriners in Vegas, and then we'll go to Shadow Creek Golf Course for the Zozo Championship, I think, or the CJ, one of the other. Next, week. next week's the Shriners. Next week's the Shriners? Okay, so we go to Shriners, then we come back east, and then we go back west. Is that how it's going? It goes, it goes Shriners, CJ Cup in Vegas. Oh, two weeks in Vegas. Okay, so then two weeks. Zozo Championship, Bermuda, Houston, Masters. Okay, where's the RSM? The RSM? It, it's like the it's like one of the last events. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. The, the RSM is actually the week after the Masters. Oh, geez. Okay, look at me. No. So we're going, we're going to Vegas next week. Next week. Oh yeah, Shadow Creek. That'll be great. Yeah, Shadow Creek will actually. Oh no, get that's two weeks. weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks from now, Shriners is next week, which I'm sure we'll probably get Patrick Cantlay some more good players. Since we have a two week stint in Vegas, we'll have some good players, and then of course, a Shadow Creek 
We'll have, we'll have probably a lot of the best players in the world actually go play there. I wouldn't be surprised. So we've got a couple of good weeks of golf. And that is leading us straight up into the Masters, of course, of the month, which all of those players are going to be there for a fall Masters. I'm really excited for it, Jeff. So we will see you all next week for the Shriners Hospital Invitational out in Vegas. Until then, everybody, good luck. Cheers.